Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 18, Accessing Kingdom Teachings that Relate to Daily Living. Hello, greetings and welcome back. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit as we've been traveling through the Old Testament, and we want to conclude that teaching on this portion of the Holy Spirit as we look again at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. We want to begin with Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. That's Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And here we see the Holy Spirit referred to as a new spirit. I will give them an undivided heart, and I will put a new spirit in them. Here the Lord is saying of the children of Israel that he would give them a new spirit. He also says here that I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So we see the Holy Spirit here transforms the heart. It takes a hard heart and make it a heart of flesh. So the Holy Spirit here is referred to as a new spirit. Many of the Old Testament prophets were looking forward to the day when God would transform his people from the inside out. That's what we're looking for today. We're looking that God will change us from the inside out. It's not an outward adornment where we change our clothes and or maybe our hairstyle or not wear jewelry or wear jewelry or where uh, there is no tattoo or there is a tat or a piercing, but we're looking for a transformation from the inside. Jeremiah spoke of the new covenant that God would someday establish with Israel. Israel looked forward to a day when the Spirit would never depart from the people of God. And that's what we're referring to when we refer to the Holy Spirit being the Spirit of God in us. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send unto you a comforter, a counselor, a teacher, a guide in the Holy Spirit, and he will be in you. So being in you, he would not leave you, nor will he forsake you. However, we must understand that we can grieve him, we can hurt him for He, the Holy Spirit, has feelings. He's sensitive. And when we are doing the wrong things, when we are speaking the wrong things, we can grieve the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God that is in us. What Ezekiel is referring to in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, as a new spirit. Hosea and Micah look for the day when God's forgiveness would be complete, recognizing that when God's forgiveness would be complete, that his spirit would no longer come on man, but the Holy Spirit would abide in man. He would live inside of us. So we see here the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by God's work of grace. God's grace is working in the heart of man, giving him a heart of flesh, meaning that the heart will then respond to God. It means that we respond to God with our heart in place of a heart of stone, which refers to a heart that is spiritually dead. So the two results of this heart transplant is that there's a new heart which leads to a 
new obedience to God and a new relationship with God. Though the new covenant was made to Israel, in Hebrews chapter 8 through chapter 10, it tells us of the same blessings that was extended to Israel is extended to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. And so we see that the spiritual blessings of the new covenant are freely given to every and all believers, Jew and Gentile alike. This is an enormous miracle in that what we could not do for ourselves, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God did for us, for we could not change our basic nature. When a man is born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and that's what the Bible declares that all men are, that every one of us that came into the earth was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, that sin and iniquity is our basic nature. Because a man's sin does not make him a sinner, he's actually a sinner, and that's why he sins. His basic nature is sin, and that's why he sins. But God changed our nature. God has done this through the work of the Holy Spirit, where we once struggled and failed because we had hearts of stone trying to change our nature. God, through his Spirit, put a new spirit in us and gave us a new heart, heart of flesh, enabling our nature to change. And so therefore, we no longer have the nature of sin, but we are now the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And it's because of the Holy Spirit that we are able to fellowship in this relationship with God the Father and God the Son. The moment we trust Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, God sends his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out. He makes us a new man or new woman by performing a spiritual heart transplant. We then have a brand new heart, a heart that loves God and truly desires to keep his commandments and to commune with him. That's what this new spirit will do in us. Let's look at Daniel chapter 4 verse 9. I said Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream. Interpret it for me. Belteshazzar was the Babylonian name that was given to Daniel and here he says he's the chief of the magicians which means he's a person who has power to make impossible things happen. He's a person with amazing skills. But he says here to him that he knows that the spirit of the holy God is in him. Here this pagan ruler recognizes the supernatural power was at work in Daniel's life. And he was not the only one for even the king Nebuchadnezzar had been humbled by the power of God, publicly declared that Daniel had the spirit of the holy gods in him as well. The statement that was made by Nebuchadnezzar in reference to Daniel, the ability to interpret dreams. Here we see that Nebuchadnezzar believed that Daniel had been indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Then many years later, Belteshazzar, the last king of Babylon, said the same thing in Daniel chapter 5, verse 14. I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding 
wisdom. So here he sees the spirit of the holy gods in Daniel, and he recognizes that because the Holy Spirit is there, he has intelligence, he's outstanding, and, and he has outstanding wisdom or wisdom beyond that of everybody else. Or another way of looking at it would be that he's referring to Daniel's insight, his intelligence, and his ability to interpret dreams, to explain riddles, and to solve difficult problems. All of these things were given to him because of the spirit of the holy gods that's on the inside of him. That's the Holy Spirit being on the inside of him. Now, even though these two kings are saying that the spirit of the holy gods is inside of him, we know that during that time, the Holy Spirit did not take up residency in man because Christ Jesus had not yet come, but the Holy Spirit would come on man. And so we know that the spirit of the holy gods came on Daniel. We know that the Holy Spirit would come on him, giving him this ability that he had. So you see, they observed a difference in his life, even though they could not fully understand or explain it. They could see that he had general wisdom, he had courage, and he had a godly demeanor. When the Holy Spirit takes control of our lives, he makes us different. We won't be the same as any other person who were before. We won't be like the people of the world, but we will be different because of our relationship with Christ or with the Holy Spirit. So you see, sometimes unbelievers know us better than we think they do, even though they cannot fully understand or explain what the difference or what makes the difference in our lives. Pray this with me. Lord, help me to live so that those who don't know you will know that I do. Amen. In Hosea 14, 5, we see the Holy Spirit as dew. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily, like a cedar of Lebanon. He will send down his roots. Dew in the Bible symbolizes God's blessings. When God blessed Jacob in Genesis chapter 27, verse 28, may God give you of heaven's dew and the earth's richness in abundance of grain and new wine. We we see also that God gives of heaven's due. Moses pronounces the same blessing on Joseph. About Joseph, he says, may the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven above and with the deep waters that lie below. And so we see also in Deuteronomy 33, 28, so Israel will live in safety alone. Jacob's spring is secure in the land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop do. To describe the blessedness of the promised land, a land of grain and new wine, where the heavens drop dew, look at Psalms 131 verse 3. It is as if the dew of Hermon was falling on Mount Zion, for the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore, as a sign of rich, bountiful, and fruitfulness. We see in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19, but your dead will live, their bodies will be raised. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. So the dew is a blessing from heaven that comes down on the earth. It's a dew that comes every morning and it is described as a resurrection of the dead for as the dew is 
watering the earth. It's giving life to the plants and the, the grass and the, the fruit of the earth. All of these verses use do to represent fruitfulness, freshness, and unlimited bounty. When the Lord says in Hosea 14 and 5, I will be like the dew to Israel, he means that the nation, that when the nation repents and returns to the Lord, it will experience an outpouring of blessings from heaven. It will be blossoming like the lily. The Holy Spirit is God's dew from heaven. Through the Holy Spirit, God pours out a blessing upon the earth. It is the Holy Spirit who brings us all of the blessings of God day by day. As the dew comes fresh every morning, even so we'll daily experience the riches of heaven. The dew also reminds us of how the Holy Spirit works quietly, softly, and gently without public announcement. He does not call attention to himself. He silently refreshes the earth with his ministry. Day by day, the Holy Spirit delights in bringing to us the things of God. Why not just take this moment to thank God for the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit? Lord God, in my busyness, may I not overlook your spirit who gently brings me the refreshing dew from heaven. Amen. In Hagar chapter 2, verse 5, he is identified as my spirit in your midst. And the word of the Lord reads, this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. In Haggai 2 and verse 5, we see that the Holy Spirit is referred to as my spirit in your midst. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Here's a word of encouragement for those who are facing what seemingly is impossible challenges. God led the Jewish people back to Jerusalem from Babylon and now they were rebuilding the temple by laying the foundation. We find that in Ezra chapter 3. But there are many years that have passed since they began and they had not yet completed the temple. This is because they had become self-centered. They were concerned about themselves and so they focused more time, more energy on building their own homes while the house of God was in ruin. You see that in Hagar chapter 1 verse number 3. The word of the Lord came to Hagar. He begins to tell him that the children of Israel, they were focusing on their own homes and that the house of God was left in ruin. So they began to go back to building the house of God so that they can complete the house of God. And as they are doing this, the people of God, uh, some of them that had seen the temple of God or Solomon's temple in its former glory. When they saw the beauty of, of Solomon's temple, they looked at this temple and they began to weep. They began to weep because they recognized that this temple did not have the same magnificence that Solomon's temple had. But the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to them and the Lord tells them to fear not. He tells them that his spirit will remain among them. So the people are disappointed, but the Lord says here in Haggai chapter 2 verse 5, he says that my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Look at verse 6. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come and I will 
fill this house with glory, saith the Lord Almighty. Then he says he's going to fill that house with glory. So in essence, it's not what they are doing with their hands that's going to bring glory to that house, but it's what God is going to do. He's going to fill the house with his glory. Look at verse eight. It says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Verse nine, the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, saith the Lord Almighty. So God says that as he fills that house with his presence, as he fills it with his spirit, as he fills it with his anointing, that the glory of that house is going to be greater than that of the latter house. So it's going to end up being a greater glory there than the glory of Solomon's temple. It's going to be a greater glory there than the glory of the tabernacle that Moses built because the presence of the Lord is going to fill that house. Now, here's what is interesting to me, because we think when we hear this, we think in terms of the buildings that we are fellowshipping in and worshiping in, and we call those buildings the house of God. The Bible says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God. Know ye not that your body is the place where God desires to dwell. Know ye not that your body is that place where God God desires to take up residence, to live in. He wants to live in you. And so the Holy Spirit comes to be in you. And as he comes to live in you, and as you learn to surrender, to submit to the direction, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the glory of that house, that glory, the doxa, the weight of the radiance of that house will be more beautiful, more radiant than that of Solomon's house. And so we must allow our temples to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we need to come back for a refilling. Lord, fill me again. Sometimes we get stagnant in our relationship, not because he makes us stagnant, but because we get so complacent with what we have that we do not see him the way that we should. We do not hunger and thirst after righteousness. We do not hunger and thirst to know him in the fullness of his glory. We do not hunger and thirst to be in his presence. We do not hunger and thirst for the power and the anointing of his spirit to saturate us. We do not hunger and thirst to see the power of God manifest through our lives through signs and wonders and miracles. We do not hunger to testify of the goodness of the love and of the power and the awesomeness of our God. And so we become stagnant and we need to go back to him and say, Holy Spirit, refresh us, revive us, refill us, restore us again so that we can become alive with the power of God, so that we could be zealous according to the knowledge of God, so that we can go forth in the awesomeness of our great and awesome God, and we can be a witness of the power and the presence of God 
in the earth. God has promised to stay with us forever. And his spirit is the fulfillment of that unbreakable promise. We must keep on keeping on for the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit remains with us. Pray this with me. Lord, sometimes I feel discouraged. Help me to remain. Help me to remember that you are always with me. Give me the strength to keep on going when I'd rather give up and stop. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Zechariah 4 and 10, we see that who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range throughout the earth. Here we see concerning Zerubbabel and the rebuilding of the temple, and he talks about despising not the day of small things. But here we see that the seven eyes of the Lord, this is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which roams throughout the earth. Some thought that the work of the temple was unimportant. However, nothing that is done with God's blessings and in the power of the Spirit is ever unimportant. Instead, it has eternal value and meaning. We must never think of our lack of ability that our resources will cause God's purpose to fail. For from the time of creation throughout history, God has always done great things by starting with very little. And so he says, despise not the day of small things. So no matter how small things seem or how inexperienced you may be, one of the things you can know for sure is that when you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you are flowing in the plan and the purpose of God, that what you do for God, the songwriter said it this way, only what you do for Christ will last. What you do will have eternal value and meaning. So my brother, my sister, do not be discouraged in what you have been called to do, but do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and watch the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless it as well as bless you. Look at Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. We see here the Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of grace and supplication. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. And they will look on me, the one they have ears, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only child. And they will grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a first born son. Here we see the spirit of grace that facing the threat of being completely destroyed and eliminated. In the last days, individual Jews will turn to God for help and for mercy. Many will come to the realization that Jesus is the true Messiah and will be overwhelmed by all he has done for them throughout history. The Bible says they will then mourn for him. With enemies closing in and facing them on all sides, the people of Israel will begin to cry out to God for help. The Lord will respond by sending his Holy Spirit with special grace, undeserved favor, and mercy, and he will bring an answer to their desperate prayers and open their eyes to the fact that Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah, that he is the Savior and the Deliverer who has been waiting to rescue them. As a result, they will put their trust 
in God and in Jesus, and the people would recognize their guilt and their responsibility in the event that led to the death of Jesus Christ. On that day, they will see Jesus as if seeing him for the very first time. They will weep for their own sins, and they will mourn for how badly he was mistreated. And on that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be so great as it should be, for it was there that Jesus was crucified. But here we see the Holy Spirit as the spirit of grace and supplication. So on that day, the mourning will lead to something so great that only God could imagine it, the national conversion of Israel. Israel. On that day, the fountain will be open and the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will be cleansed from their sins and their impurities. How will such a miracle take place? The book of Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 tells us that it will begin when the spirit of grace and supplication is poured out on the people. The Holy Spirit will minister grace to the people of Israel and lead them into deep repentance and cleansing from their sins. When that happens, the new covenant promised by the prophet will finally be fulfilled. It is the same spirit who today brings us into God's family. He is the one who causes us to mourn over our sins. He's the one who causes us to look to Jesus who was pierced for our transgressions. And he leads us to Calvary's fountain where our sins are washed away. He gives us a new heart and a new desire to serve God. He awakens within us a love of God we have never known before and changes us so that where we once loved sin, we now love doing what is right and being righteous in the eyes of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the spirit of grace and supplication in our lives. Father God, the great moments of human history are all in your hand. And so I say with the saints of all the ages, even so, so come, Lord Jesus. Father, release your spirit of grace and supplication on the people of God. Even as they are hearing this, let there be a revival. Let there be a spirit of refreshing, of renewing. Let there be a metamorphosis that takes place in their lives. Take out the heart of stone and give us all a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Empowerful Life. If you're ready to shake off religion and tradition, to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at TV at aol.com. That's TV at AOL.com or visit us online at www.empoweredforlife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to sharing the word of God with you.